You're listening to Jaipur Bites. I'm your host, Lakshtata. This episode is from day one of Jaipur Lit Fest 2023, and it's called Durjoy Datta, The Boy Who Loves. Durjoy Datta in conversation with Kiran Manral. anywhere i always see hordes of girls women around screaming they love from him where's the screams girls <laughs> yes that's more like it i told you i was going to embarrass you <laughs> but this is the joy we've known for 10 years more than 10 years who started out by becoming a bestseller with his very first book which took the country by storm the young readers by storm and now he's grown up Durjoy has become a dad. He's become a writer of te- television serials. He's changed. What has the journey been like? How is writing this latest book, which is so different from your earlier books? How has the process been for you? How have you grown as a writer and as a romance writer specifically? So um, every 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 time I write a book and I go out and I do book events, uh, one of the questions that I ask is. how many of you have read my first book and recently i have realized that when i asked this question how many of you have read of course i love you they like not a lot of people and and it's it's depressing because everyone is not buying all my books but it's also very encouraging because it says that okay people have moved on from my first book and now they are buying my newer books which is a clearer representation of what i am as a writer right now like if you ask me to read my first book i can't do it it's horrible <laughs> i mean i if you ask me to read my first six books i can't read them it's it's in they they're incredibly bad but but the thing is that i, I can't go back and keep rewriting them because every say couple of years i change as a writer and i can't go back and rewrite all my older books but um i think that i have grown better as a writer i got published too early i got published when i was 21 and when you get published at 21 and you start getting those royalty checks you're like i need to write quicker <laughs> yeah you know so that that's that's a trap that i got st- sucked into and i was like i need to write more books and more books and more books and i i did not have that time to sort of make that jump into becoming a better writer than i already was um so yeah i think i think it's 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 been a tricky journey in the sense that i have been trying to safeguard this career as a writer uh trying to earn that money to sort of make it sustainable but it also came at a cost of me becoming better writer so yeah. at the cost of this latest book when i am with you it's being sold as a romance and vaishali is right here vaishali has been his editor for so long uh it 
It's a romance, but the romance is incidental, I feel. I think romance, you have grown out of romance per se. It's more social commentary. There are so many social issues that you address in the book. Everything from vegetarianism uh, that landlords insist on, to single motherhood, to the latest thing about cryptocurrency. Do you agree with that? Would you agree with that, that the romance has now become a little incidental in your writing and the main focus of everything is this very layered narrative that you give, which is a, actually a deep insight into urban life and culture today? So romance has become incidental to my book since a very long time. Okay. So <laughs> I think it's been, it's been five or six years that I've been writing books that are about different things, but to sell it, we have to sell a spine which is, which says that it's romance, right? Um, I don't think, I mean, it's very, it's, my strong point is romance. When I write about two characters, it's the easiest thing for me to do is to make them fall in love. That's, I can do that all day, every day. Um, but what I want to write about is, is about characters. That is what defines me as a writer. So uh, when people tell me about great films, I don't watch great films. I watch great TV shows because TV shows are about characters. You establish two great characters and then you can tell any story. You can do that for like six, seven seasons. You can keep doing it. So that is what interests me. I, I, I predominantly like to write about characters. So when I'm writing a book, the first thing that's in my head is that how do I construct a great character? Um, so, so that is what I look forward to. So, and I, I did not know that I was a romance writer. When my first book came out, I wrote about the things that, that were happening around me and my publisher told me that you are a romance writer. I was like, okay. <laughs> I did not know that, you know, the romance as a genre existed because all my reading choices were dictated by my parents and they were not giving me romances to read. Okay, Durjoy, you are an A standard, please read romances. <laughs> of course, they were not doing that. They were like, okay, read this book. And I, and I, I had a fair understanding of how writers create characters. So, so I was, I did not know that the genre itself existed. I was like, okay, let me write about what I know. So this book, it's, it's, a, it's a reflection of that. So what did I know? I was, I was a dad and there was a two-year-old running around my house, consuming a lot of my time and energy. I was like, okay, <laughs> let, me, let me make a parent as a main character. And of course, I was, uh, during that time, cryptocurrency was like booming. And we were a bunch of engineers, MBA grads, and we were like, okay, now we have cracked it cryptocurrency is the next big thing so you're like let's write about that so those are the thing themes i picked and i wrote the book of course that the main characters fall in love is incidental i can do that i mean it's it's easy for me now i mean this this is also something that i learned from uh, writing for television so in television what you do is that you create two extremely likable characters and then you can make them do whatever you want for like 1,000, 1,200 episodes. So that is something that I learned from television that, okay, all I need to do is create two characters and then I can write a book. So. Your characters are, of course, likable, but they're also flawed. And there's also a lot of trauma that you've given both of your characters, not just this. And I think in your previous books also, there's uh, 
the tall, strong, and handsome is not necessarily all good within. He's suffering. There is a lot of background, and there's a lot of uh, conflict, and there's a lot of grey. I won't uh, give any spoilers here, but there's a lot of grey to the character. So, did you ever feel that is a kind of a risk when you're writing something where you want uh, the reader to fall in love with the character, the dichotomy that possibly this person has done something that might not be quite that palatable? <laughs> I think I, well, I did that because I, I did not know how to write a book. I was like, okay, I've, I've written, I, I have a story in my head, I want to tell this, but I also want people to sympathize with this character. So, you know, when, once you start working in television, the first thing that any television person will tell you is writer, FLW of that character. Now, FLW means that uh, flaws, uh, L I forget, uh, <laughs> W, <laughs> um, I don't know, B stands for foundation, W stands for wound, and I was like, I have been doing this for a really long time. And I do, did this instinctively that, you know, you only like a character if he or she has like a checkered past. That he's, that he's dealing something that is slightly complicated. And I did this instinctively. I think, I think uh, a lot of it comes, um, comes from, comes from storytelling itself. When you, when you, I mean, you're meeting your friends, you're telling them a story and you're not, they're not interested. You start embellishing it with fiction. You're like, nay, nay, aisa nahi wata, aisa wata. You start lying. Um, so I think, I think a lot of uh, my writing comes from that to just trying to entertain whoever is listening to my story. It does not need to be real. It can be fiction. You are just making stuff up. You are just lying to them to just garner their attention. It's only later that I realized, okay, oh, so you need backstories to characters to make them sort of likable. So uh, all, of, all of my earlier writing was touch and feel. Let me just see how this character feels now. It, I, 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 I did not expect my first book to get published. I was, I was like, uh, I only wrote my first book because we are, we are a bunch of bloggers and everyone used to be like, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I was, I was the youngest of the lot, so I was like, yeah, I, <laughs> they, they must be right. <laughs> And I wrote the book, first book, and, um, and and I think a lot of it was, let me just see what the audience likes. And the audience likes a heavy backstory. I mean, uh, something that gives them a lot of pain, etc., etc. And it, um, yeah. Talking about the audience and the readers, Dujoy, from the time you wrote your first book to now, they've grown up too. You have now changed from, you know, the image that was there of you, now you're Avandika's here and there's a lovely baby girl who's on your social media. You've changed, you've become a family man. What about your readers? Have they also changed, grown with you? Or is it, you know, the same cohort of readers who are still reading you, that age group? So, uh, I'm extremely pessimistic. Extremely pessimistic. So, when I'm, when I'm looking there, 
I'm not looking at people who are there. I'm looking at the empty chairs. I'm like, why? <laughs> so, um, so in my head, um, you know, COVID happened and people stopped reading books. And I, I came, came out with the next book. I was like, let's do this book tour. And um, let's do this in spite of the fact that no one's going to come. Because, you know, my readership has grown up. They are not reading books anymore because they are on Instagram Reels. And it's because I am on Instagram Reels. Like when I go on Instagram, I, I just keep swiping for the next two hours and I can't do anything else. I'm like, if I am doing this, of course readers are doing this as well. No one is reading books. But then I do, did this book tour and every city that I went to, there were a lot of new readers. And this is a question that I ask every new reader that which is the first book they read. And a lot of people come up, come with a book that has come out in the last three, four years. So I've realized that a lot of people have junked sort of Instagram, etc., and they have turned to books. Uh, so I don't think that I've uh, I have managed to sort of I have not sort of converted my old readers into people who still read my new books, but I found new readers. So uh, when I go there, I'm like, okay, you are 16. My first book came out when you were a newborn. So you are definitely not my old reader. You're a new reader. So uh, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, right? You, you lose your old readers, but you find new ones. Absolutely. And uh, even over the years, I think romance as such and what romance used to be and what it is today with the advent of social media, that's changed as well. What are the changes you've seen in how people are wooing each other and what romance is perceived as today? Swipe left, swipe right generation. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a very tricky it's a very tricky situation for me as a writer because I'm not a part of that world anymore. So I'm not, of course, on any of these apps and I'm not swiping right or left, etc. But I think... Apart from the fact that you have a lot of choices, when you go on a date, the behavior sort of remains the same. You're still trying to woo that guy or that girl, so that behavior doesn't change, right? Uh, of course, you have a lot, of, lot more options. But I think the underlying rules of dating or relationship, they have pretty much remained the same. It's not like if you're in a if you are in a new relationship, you'll conduct most of your relationship over text. You will still call that person. You know, that is what I keep reminding myself that, okay, who was I when I was in a relationship? I used to call that person and talk for hours. That still remains. Of course, now you can swipe left, swipe right. You have a lot of options, but the underlying foundations are pretty much the same. There's a very interesting anecdote that I read when you took your first book cover to a bookstore seller. And he said that this looks like a greeting card, but greeting card and you, you thought to yourself that that could be me, you know, irrelevant. Do you think greeting cards and romance will ever be irrelevant? Greeting cards, of course, we woo in different ways, but romance as a genre, do you think that will fall by the wayside? So see, um, um, a couple of things that I've heard since the beginning 
of my career, of my writing career in 2008, is that books are dead. In 2008, when I started writing books, they were like, no one is reading anymore, books are dead. In 2023, everyone is still like, books are dead, no one is reading anymore. And, and I used to believe in all those things when I was younger, you know, uh, this incident, what happened was that I went to a, a distributor just to get a sense of who's reading my books. And he was like, remember, they were greeting cards. I was like, yeah, I remember. And he was like, one day they were, and the next day they weren't. And what he meant was that your book covers look like greeting cards. But the way that I perceived it, I was like, okay, one day your romance books are there, tomorrow they won't be. And I was like, why would he say that to me? <laughs> but, but then I realized, you know, the, the, these are, okay, so I, I don't write romance because I think they would sell. I write about characters and they eventually fall in love, so that's good for me and that's, that's how they targeted that, okay, um, this book is a romance. Uh, but for me as a writer, I don't think that, okay, this, this genre is working, so I should write in this genre, doesn't it? And it's sometimes when people who don't write, they come up to me and they tell me that, okay, this genre is working a lot, you should write in it. It's an impossible task. For everyone who's writing who will come up to me and tell me that, you know, thrillers are working, write a book like Girl on the Train. I can't do it. There are, there are certain, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it, it's a very strange question. You know, write a literary book. Are talent kai? I would do it. But I, I mean, write a fantasy book. I want to write a fantasy book. But I can't. This is what I know. This is what I will write. You know, there are, there are certain things that are, that there's certain limits to every writer. When I was younger, I used to, every time I used to read a book, the first reaction was awe, that such a great book. The second reaction is envy, that how can this writer write a book like this? The third reaction is to Google that writer. Okay, let me see how old this writer is. When I was younger, I used to see, oh yeah, this writer is, is in mid-30s. So when I'll, when I'll grow older, I'll be a great writer. But now I'm in my mid-30s <laughs> and I'm not a great writer. So now I know that there are limits to your talent. So I'll write what I want to write, you know, and you can't go past it. You will, you will you'll do whatever you want to do and you can do. So now I'm like, let's, let's, let's just circle this pond. You're very self-effacing, Durjoy, but I've read your early books and I've read this latest book and there has been immense, immense growth as a writer. There's been immense difference in the way your tonality. And of course, that is w a wonderful thing that you've worked at your craft and I must commend you on that. Also, you talk about characters and you talk about uh, how they inspire you. Some of your books are not really with characters who... Uh, there's a book with a 14-year-old boy who was very depressive. So that was not exactly your reader segment or, you know, something. Did you feel you were taking a risk by writing something like that? You would, uh, it's, it wasn't something you would expect in a book when you pick up a romance book, right? So, um, so when my first book worked and like the first couple of books worked, 
everyone was like, why is Durjoy Datta selling? Right? Because they were confused because writers like me, they did not sell a lot of books. So um, I, I used to believe them that, okay, uh, Durjoy Datta's books are relatable, etc., etc. So I used to believe them, yeah, maybe, maybe they are right, my books are relatable and um, the readers are of the same age of the characters and that's why they're working. And I believed that for a really long time. But then what happened is that I grew older. So now I'm 37. I cannot write a story about two 19-year-olds falling in love. I absolutely have zero insight into their lives. I can fake it, but they'll read it and they'll say, okay, this is not us. This is like an old person writing about us. So I was at this critical sort of juncture where I had passed that age and um, Avantika was pregnant with Raina. I was like, I, I still want to write a story that that sort of resonates with me as well as it's, it's, it's not inauthentic. So let me just go back in time. So The Boy Who Loved is a story that's set in 1999. When the character was 16, 17 and I was 16, 17, I was like, okay, let me write a story about a young boy, but a young boy who I can identify with. So that is where it started from. And, and from that, I think, um, because that book worked, I was like, okay, I don't need to write a contemporary story. I need to write about young people in, in like any time frame. Um, and and that, that, that was all the book was about. It was set in 1999, it was young people and, you know, um, a lot of readers liked it. Not because they related with it but because they recognized a lot of behaviors that they exhibit. So, uh, in, in the first few years of my life, I used to go to every interview and tell them that, okay, the only reason why my books work is because they're relatable. Now I don't say that. Because, you know, what is relatable? Relatables are Instagram reels. You know, you swipe, you say that, oh, ghar mein tinda bana hai. Very relatable. Right? Books are not that. Books are books show some part of recognizable behavior. Like, when, it, when, when I read a book, I'm like, I have not exposed this part of my character to anyone else. But this writer knows. It's a surprise that, okay, no one knows this about me, but this writer knows. So, books are supposed to make you feel sort of less alone. So now I don't say that my books are relatable. They're not relatable. I'm a, I'm a 37-year-old writing for 19-year-olds. So no longer a relatable writer. Some part of it continues to be relatable. And that's why they keep reading your books, of course. Also, you've changed your... Uh, has social media been a boon or a bane? Because you are very active on social media. You've chronicled, of course, Avantika is an influencer in her own right. But we see Durjoy and we see Avantika and everyone tracks your life. We were just in the green room just now and little girls came in to say that they follow you on Instagram. And How difficult is separating the personal and the public for a person like you? How much do you decide to put out there? How much do you decide not to? Uh, what are the filters that you impose on your own public persona on Instagram? 
I mean, the, there, there are two answers to the question. Firstly, that um, would I want to live in a world where I do not have to be on social media and my books are selling as much as they're doing right now? Of course. Take social media away, I don't care, right? The second part is, uh, I was a very different person on social media before Raina was born. So um, parenthood is it's extremely boring. <laughs> I mean, at least the first few years, they're, they're just, <laughs> they take a lot out of you. You know, what happens is that uh, when you start sharing your little journeys of parenthood on social media is that the small moments, they sort of stretch out into long memories, right? So say, Raina is there, she's doing something cute. I put up a 15 second video online, right? And a lot of people react to it. What happens is that I tend to go back to those 15 seconds over and over again, thinking that, okay, what did people like? Nice. So, you know, that little moment of happiness, it sort of stretches. Uh, and that is what I like about, about putting a small part of my life online. A lot of people tell me, Durja, you're oversharing. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm just, staring, I'm just sharing one minute of an entire day online. This is not oversharing. I'm just using my followers as a dopam dopamine fix. <laughs> I'm sharing a 15 second cute video, they'll say, ah, oh, it's great, I'll go back to that 15 second video. It will, it will not be 15 seconds anymore, it will be like the highlight of my day. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's fun. Uh, but on the other side, I, um, I also realize that it has the power to take over your entire life, you know, um, because then you're like, okay, what is the next video that I'll put across? And how will people react to that video? Of course, that's a, that's a fine line. But but I realized that you know whenever that pressure sort of comes on me, I sort of pull back and I just stop posting anything on social media. And you know there is there is. I know that the only reason that I'm on social media is to sell more books. <laughs> I mean everything I do apart from books is to is to protect this this career as a writer, because it's, it's, it's an accident that I'm a writer. Uh, it's a huge privilege that I get up every day and I get to write books, and I will do everything to protect this. That's wonderful and that's brutally honest also. Also, you've said that uh, you suffer from crippling self-doubt as a writer. After all these books and all these bestsellers, would you still say that? It's, it's because the difference between what I read and what I write is so huge that every time I come here and they'll be like, I like your book. I'm like, I don't like my book. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, there, there is, and, and, and a part of it comes from the fact that I got published very early. I mean, hardly anyone gets published at 21 and hardly everyone gets like a huge book at 21. So at 21, I, I had a lot of people telling me, oh, we really like your book. And I was reading books that were like leagues and leagues ahead of my book. I was like, why do you like my book? The only reason why you like my book is because you haven't read other books. So, <laughs> so uh, 
uh, that's a bridge that I haven't crossed. But but I do realize that you know. Uh, so I've been. I, I consider myself as a great judge of things that should work and things that shouldn't work. So when I read my books, I'm like, they might not be great, but they will still resonate with a lot of people. And when people complain, I've written a great book, it's not working. When I read that book, I know why it's not working. So I'm a great judge of that. Um, so yeah, I still suffer from that imposter syndrome. I'm like, all my success is accidental. All your success is accidental. Tell me, Durjoy, you spoke about the great, uh, the writers that you read, and you feel there's a gap between yourself and who are the writers that you read? Who are the writers that you enjoy reading? So, so I have not read any of the romances, um, and my parents sort of dictated everything that I used to read. So they started off, of course, I started off with any Brighton role dial, etc. And when I started picking out my own books, they were like John Grisham, Stephen King, etc. And then my parents told me, they start reading Indian literary fiction. <laughs> they used to give me printouts of like Salman Rushdie and like, did you finish it? Did you finish it? I was like, yeah, I finished it, but I did not get any of it. So, so I've grown up reading uh, all these guys. So, um, so I, I, I mean. The difference is huge. I mean, I, I've, I've read a lot of young adult fiction that comes out of, and even that, I think, I mean, it's, it's way ahead of what I'm writing. So uh, it's very difficult for me to reconcile that I'm selling so many copies, and these guys don't know about these writers who are selling so many copies outside. So, yeah. so that imposter syndrome seems to be very dominant to joy. <laughs> yeah, but, but see, it's, it's very dominant when I'm selling books. But when I'm writing, I don't care. Because, because this is, this is, this is why I keep telling people that, you know, um, I've done my engineering, I've done uh, my postgrad in management, and I, I saw, I see all of my classmates become really successful. But I would not swap my life with them for anything in the world. Because every day, I get up and I write stories, which is like an insane thing to do, which is like an insane profession it's, it's in itself. That you're just sitting at home and you're coming up with stories. You're just trying to like, and you know, I, I, I try to do, with, do that with my Instagram as well. I, I don't treat my Instagram as like, oh, look how great my life is. I treat my Instagram as, okay, let me tell, tell you a story about today, which is like an insane privilege to have. So, so yeah, that's, that's what I like about it. You write stories, you tell stories, books as well as television. You've done a lot of television writing. What is the difference, main difference you think between writing uh, novels and writing for television, apart from the fact that that can go on forever and ever and into multiple generations? So how has it been for you? So um, there, there are two, two main differences. Writing for television has a lot of money. That's right? the biggest difference. <laughs> that's the biggest difference. That's, that's one of the reasons why I stuck with television for that long. The other is that writing books is an extremely solitary process. That you're writing a book, you'll send it out to an editor, and it'll come back in six months. It'll come out, people will react to it. In television, it's a very dynamic process. You write an episode, it will be shot. 
um, people will react to it, TRPs will come and you will have to sort of change your direction according to the TRP. So it's a very dynamic process. So um, it's, 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 it's great for people who want to collaborate with other people in terms of their writing. So that, that, that is predominantly what made me um, stick with television for that long because you know, you're working with a produ producer, with a director, with actors, and you're working with them every day, and you're trying to create something that gets a lot of TRP. And it's, it's a game that you play. You're trying to beat the audience, you're trying to uh, make something that gets a lot of viewership. So that was really interesting when I was working in television. But of course, uh, writing books, it's, it's, it's a part of you, right? You want to write a story that you would want to read. Now, writing for television, it's more tuned towards the audience that you're writing for. So. Absolutely. Also, when you talk about it being a collaborative process, I'm reminded of the fact that when you started out, you did write in collaboration with other writers, and you don't do that anymore. Is there any particular reason why you stopped co-authoring books with other writers? Yeah, it's ego. <laughs> it's it's predominantly ego. I mean, when you're younger, you have a smaller ego. So when people tell you that okay, this is not going well, this is not this is not great, you would accept it. But once you grow older, and someone tells you that okay, Durja, this is not this is not good, my first reaction is, how many books have you written? How can how can you say that to me? So uh, I I. Though I have done that for the first, I think, four or five books, I would not suggest it to anyone else. I predominantly did that because I was not confident in the way that I was writing. I was like, okay, let me get someone who has a stake in the book and they can tell me that, okay, this is working, this is not working. But as I've grown older, older I, I, I realize I don't... I mean, it's, it's great to have feedback, but once you're a writer, you're like, what I'm doing is correct. <laughs> I, uh, and yeah, I can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. To come back to When I'm With You, that's your latest book. And it's about a woman who is very maternal. She's brimming over with maternal love. And it's a very different kind of a character who also wants to have her own baby and to get into uh, artificial insemination to have her baby. How did you get into the mind of that character? Because I felt that your book was predominantly about her than about the male protagonist? It's because I am very maternal. <laughs> I We're going to have uh, to ask Avantika to bear us out of that. Yeah? <laughs> True? Okay. You know, uh, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's extremely strange because, so um, before Raina, I have my nephew and my niece and I, I used to keep looking at my sister and I was like, why did you have kids? <laughs> they're, I mean, they're, they're, the kids are horrible, man. They, they destroy a part of your life. But when Raina was born, I, I did nothing in that process except those I, <laughs> initial moments. But when she was in my arms, I was like, I did this. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I fell in love like irrevocably. I was like, this is the best part of my life. 
and and see and i i really believe that um parents change right so um, i at at certain point in my life i would be a bad parent i would not understand what my child needs but i think you give me a child 0 to 5 years i'll be the best parent you give me anyone's child i'll be incredible with it because i just i just have it in me <laughs> so when i when i when i saw her and i was like yeah this is the cutest big and this is what i keep telling people as well that uh, if rina wasn't cute i would be a different parent <laughs> but oh my god i am obsessed with her and when she, and it 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 happened the moment she was born i was like kitna cute hai yaar ye bachcha so so yeah, uh, but on the hindsight i also realized that you know parenthood takes a lot out of you i mean for the first 5 or 6 years when kids are really needy one of the parents they need to step back and say that okay i don't care about my career i care about this kid and this is what i'm going to do and uh, that's where the germ of the book originated that what if both parents they're like our careers are more important at this moment and which is which is very which is a very normal thing to feel because you know earlier what used to happen is that uh, your job didn't make a huge part of your identity now what happens is that when you when you're joining a workplace your job is a huge part of yourself right um, and i was like okay what if both parents are like okay after 6 years i'll take care of them but for the first 5 years i need i need a lot of help and it happens you know child care is i mean my sister lives in sweden and um, child care is great so what you do is you give your child to a child care center they give your child back at 6 pm all you need to do is parent them for like 2 3 hours and that's it which is which is great for for two people who are like focused on their career and that is what uh, all that means uh, that is the be all and end all etc so that is where the idea started from that what if you know there are a lot of parents who have kids who have no idea how to take care of them which is understandable so that is where the idea started lovely and one final question for me before i throw it open to the audience in a short line what has romance become to you now what is it to you now as a 37 year old father of one one more on the way how has it changed for you <laughs> i i i i think i i i think of it in the sense that if you can still be a boyfriend and a girlfriend even after you are married and you have kids etc i think you're there brilliant yeah. brilliant <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Jepper Bites. I'm your host Lakshdatta. This podcast is produced by Launchora in association with Teamwork Arts. Please follow or subscribe to this show wherever you're listening to this to be notified about new episodes.